you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We've been studying the life of Christ. It's been winding me up tighter than an eight-day clock. I'm Maybe a 10-day clock. You know, an eight-day clock was the standard <laughs> back in the mid-1800s, but I think you can get a wind-up clock for 10 days now. The time's never right. I had one. I, I'd go downstairs every day. It'd be off 20 minutes, but you know, it was always fast. It was never slow. Had to say, you guys are probably not old enough to remember this, but you had this little adjustment screw kind of thing in the back and if you turned it down too low you woke up late if you turned it up a little bit high you got up early so everybody i know turned it up high good morning kevin how are you good morning i'm doing fine i'm thankful for the uh the the, the uh, connected alarm clocks brother that uh, you know we used yeah. to do the atomic time the atomic clock yeah. used to have a watch that was would get a signal from uh someplace in colorado but yeah, now it's all cellular and, and uh, right on the money. Yeah, we used to dial a number. I think it was 411 was information. I think 401. If you dialed 401 or something like that when I was a kid, it would say the time is. <laughs> and, you would, and you would set your Timex back then. I remember wow. that well. I remember my first Timex. I dialed that 401 all the time. It cost my parents a penny. And they would say, you know, you got to drop under 100 times a month on checking your new Timex watch. <laughs> I was about five or six years old, and I love that watch. Hey, I got a riddle for for you. Let's see how you do this, brother. And uh, I'm found in a church. I'm not a person. I have hands, but I cannot clap. What am I? Well, so you're you're found at church, and you're you're not the person that can clap your hands, right? Uh, it, it boy, I, I did you maybe give away the answer in in, in our? Previous I did. I was hoping you'd grab it right away. You're a clock man. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, a clock. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to give the thing that most pastors don't use. And uh, now remember, <laughs> remember what I tell you, folks. There's a fine line between a long sermon and a hostage situation. So I just want you to know that. So we find ourselves we're we're in the book of John, and uh, we're in chapter number three. We're continuing on with the life of Christ. We're we're in in chapter three. We're finding John the Baptist. We're finding disciples. Most importantly. We're finding our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're going to wrap up chapter 3 on this Friday. And it says, John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness, I said. I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoices greatly because the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore is fulfilled. Friends, there's a lesson right there. If you don't get anything else out of this day, uh, he that is the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, listen to God's word, rejoices greatly because the bridegroom's voice. You say, Doug, why'd you read that twice? But look at this last, uh, ver the last line, the last verse here. This, my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He mm -hmm. must increase, 
I must decrease. That's a picture of what we all should be doing in life. More Christ, less us. More God, less us. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he have seen and heard that he testifieth, no man receiveth his testimony. He that have received his testimony have set to his seal that God is true. Oh, God, let that be us. For him who God have sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son and have given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son have everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth in him. And so there's an authority. There's something that comes from God. And uh, and I'm telling you, what that is is belief in eternal life. That last verse, Kevin, kind of wrapped it for us. It kind of points things out and said, listen, you either believe in the Son or you don't. If you believe in him, you have everlasting life. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, that goes right along with verse 18 that says he that believeth not is condemned already um here it says he that believeth on the son hath everlasting life and hath is a present tense thing a continuing thing we we get it at the moment of faith now faith just so no one gets cattywampus about that faith is includes repentance it's just turning to christ in faith in trust you know, you just, it's not an accident. It's, it's intentional. And, um, and then as we, as we trust Christ as savior or receive him, all these verbs are our heart actions. It's not, um, and God helps us do it. But as we do these things, the moment that is transacted, there is, there is a, uh, put on our account, you know, where our name is written in the, in the, in the book of life, our, uh, it's put on our account, the righteousness of Jesus given to us, all of these tremendous uh, acquisitions in a moment's time. And we can say from that time without, a, w- w- with confidence that we have, we are pos- in possession of everlasting life. Well, I don't feel like it. I don't see it. I don't see it. Well, you know what? The bank statement comes every once in a while. You can look at it and every once in a while, God will show you that he really, really does accept you like Christ, but, but in between, we need to continue exercise faith. Not that, not that we'll lose it if we don't have faith, but, but so that we can, we can just give God the, the full confidence that Lord, I know you have, I have salvation. You have me. I am my beloved. He is mine. So we can possess everlasting life. We can, we can be sure about it. And uh, the, then the, the converse is there. He that believeth not in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God is ab- abideth on him. So, you know, genuine life, spiritual life, you don't even get to see it. Just like the big beginning of this chapter where Nicodemus was said, was told, um, if you're not born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. You can't even perceive life. Um, and, and worse yet, the wrath of God still abideth on you. So you're under the wrath of God. Folks, we're, we're not talking about, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a good and a bad type person in God's eyes based on morality. It, you're saved or you're lost. And if you're saved, you're, there's no condemnation, but if you're lost, there is 
a wrath that abides on you. And so you can be the best person in the world morally and family-wise, but without Jesus Christ, there's an emptiness because your conscience, you just know there's something wrong uh, that the wrath of God abides on you. So this, these verses are given to help us to flee from the wrath to come, flee to the arms of Jesus, because it says that God loved loves the world and wants to see them saved. Man, that's some great news right there. And, you know, there's some lessons here, but I want to say this before we break here in a little bit. I want to remind everybody, I was looking at my notes, I want to remind everybody that Kevin and I, my wife Debbie, and the uh, uh, the Howerton family doing the music would love for you to join us at Camp Joy, Wisconsin, on the 11th through the 15th of September. Make sure you call Camp Joy, Wisconsin directly and talk to Mr. Moore up there, and they'll make your reservations. Make sure you get a good room. Come out and be part of our workshop, our camp this year. It's a, it's a real big deal. We want you to be part of it. So there's so many lessons, Kevin, uh, with what we were just covering. You know, again, we've got a responsibility to be a John the Baptist in our generation, to go be out there and be talking to, you know, have be humble, to recognize God's sovereignty, to recognize who Christ is, to, to be sharing things. And, you know, and we see that, I think, pretty clearly there in verse number 27. And uh, uh, John answered, said, a man can receive nothing except he be from heaven. And, and you know, I, I think we have a responsibility as Christians, as people, you know, if we're going to pull ourselves out of the mire, if we're going to pull ourselves out of the weeds, if we're going to pull ourselves out of depression, out of PTSD, out of weird marriages, out of weird life, out of shame, out of hurt, out of being upside down, it begins with a recognition that we need Jesus Christ in our life. And then once we get Christ and the Holy Spirit of God is in our heart and the Trinity is witnessing to us and God's work is doing a great work through us in our local church, then we have a responsibility to share it with others in a humble way, mm-hmm. continuously recognizing what Christ is doing in our life and, and sharing that with people. I think that's so important. And uh, I think we need to do that. And we need to understand that everybody has a role in God's plan. Uh, you know, everybody has a role. When I look at verse 28, I see that over and over again. I, I preached that some years ago. Ye yourselves bear witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. You see, folks, we have a role. We have a role in this whole thing, and God's going to use us if we allow him to, if we're worthy, if we're saved, if we're walking toward light, if we're living with light. And, boy, people can do you wrong and stuff, but keep on following that light. Folks, we've got to let these radio stations do what they do. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So important that we understand that everybody has a role in this. Everybody, God doesn't leave anybody just sitting in the pew. God doesn't leave anybody sitting behind in that stupid shame we carry. And, and you know, folks, listen, I'm not pointing at anyone here. I'm looking in the mirror and that thumb is pointing right back at me. 
You know, we sometimes get overwhelmed with things and say, well, I'm not good enough. You know, this person left me. This person ruined my life. This other person did this. I've never did anything that amounts to anything. Can I say something to you, brethren, and just be completely honest with you? If Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has saved you, and you got the Holy Spirit of God working within you, you've done something great in your life. Can I tell you something? There's something stronger within your heart uh, than in most people in this world. The Holy Spirit of God is not going to leave you sitting where he finds you. Uh, you know, Jesus will save you wherever you are, but he doesn't leave you there. And it's so important that you've got to understand that we have a role. In verse 29, we see this great, there's joy in exalting Christ. There's joy in accepting us. There's an importance in doing that. Where do we find our joy from? That's the problem with so many people with uh, PTSD. That's the so, problem with so many people with depression that's uh, they're looking for their joy in all the wrong places there was a song when i was a young man I, and boy kevin you dropped your phone or something i'm hearing more noise from you yeah. uh, than i am from a puppy golden retriever i was playing with in the front yard but anyway where's Quite your joy noise. coming yep. from is your joy coming from, and hey, listen, folks, Kevin drove in his car to a food lion parking lot so he'd have connectability. And uh, I, I love that he does that. But where's your joy coming from? Your joy should be found in exalting Jesus Christ. Your joy should be found in the Holy Spirit of God in your heart. Your joy should be found in reading your Bible every day. And, and I'm just going to say, and I don't want to be meddling. I really don't, but I want to say something. I lived my life with bitterness. I lived my life under a rock. I lived my life in oppression because people had messed me over and tried to ruin my life. And you know the mistake I made, folks? I let them. Get them out of your life. Serve God. There's joy in exalting Christ. There's joy in opening the word of God. There's something a whole lot bigger than that knucklehead who tried to ruin your life. What are you thinking, Kevin? Yeah, boy, that whole thing about joy is fantastic. Verse 29, you opened this episode with um, sing greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. And um, so it's talking about the friend of the bridegroom and him hearing the bridegroom's voice caused him joy um, because he stepped onto the scene. That's what John the Baptist was explaining his ministry and why he's happy decreasing. So what, what can we get from that? Well, what I get from that is there is joy. Number one, when Jesus shows up into anything, so whatever's going on as a baseline, go get God, go bring God into it, go find Jesus, bring him into the house, be like the parents whose child died. Goes bring Jesus. Be like the be like um, the, the Lazarus sisters. Go, we got to bring Jesus, and if he doesn't show up as fast as you think, realize he's he's letting it uh, drag on a little bit for our good. Uh, but but the best thing to do is put the invitation out for Jesus. That'll be that'll bring joy. And then the second thing is, joy is is best given or best received when it's received to be given. Right. So. When Jesus showed up on the scene, John the Baptist is saying, hey, I, I'm passing my disciples along to him, and that brings me joy. That's why he's saying I'm decreasing. So how can decrease bring joy? What in the world is that paradox? <laughs> and it, it's, it's a paradox because, you know, even the world says, you know, if you, if you have something to give, it's going to bring you more joy. Even the world knows that, 
you know, clinging to things and being a miser is, is path to, to misery. Uh, but, you know, the idea is that when when we're saved as a Christian, man, what a what a just great thing when we say, Lord, I, I've got joy. It comes from you. Your son said, my joy give I unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And my joy, no man taketh from you. So, Lord, I know it's coming from from you. And in fact, the verse said, a man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. So, Lord, I've got some joy. I don't want to. I don't want to be clinging to it. The Bible says, a backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. And then it says that a stranger shall not intermeddle with his joy. So, a backslider says, hands off my joy. But a Christian says, no, my joy came from God to be shared. And so I want to be the pipeline. Lord, which direction should I turn my spout today to share this joy with someone else? And man, that's that's a pathway of joy, Doug, which is what you're talking about. That's the idea, I think. I think that's John's mantra of life is, you know, he must increase, I must decrease my joy, that my joy may be fulfilled. How does that song go, brother? There is joy, 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 deep in joy my heart. In serving Jesus. Yeah, joy that floods within my heart. Every Yeah, every moment, every hour, as I rest upon his power, there is joy, joy, joy that never shall depart, or something like that. Yeah, deep in my heart is somewhere, never shall depart is, I don't know. It's been years since I sang that, but folks, that's the life we should live. And you know, there's an authority. I was just looking at verses 31 through 34. In the army, you know, authority is based on rank. Man, you made Sergeant Major, everybody, E1 through 8 is uh, less ranked than you. And position, so there's authority given in position and rank. I want you to know there's authority and testimony in serving God. And we see that 31 through 34. God gives us a mission. We have his authority, not only his authority, but the help of the Holy Spirit of God to fulfill that mission. What? Folks, that's our God. That's our God. I remember when, when, when Kevin was talking about getting Jesus, I remember years ago there was a 91-year-old man. I, I had been back and just finished seminary, so I think it was around 2007, and uh, I was out in California, and we went to visit this 90-year-old former pastor, and uh, he had a daughter, and by God's wonderful grace and the prayers of the church people, God answered the prayers, this daughter got saved, and uh, uh, over the course of that week, things that happened in her life were unbelievable. She broke up with a boyfriend, she moved, she, I mean, she, there were things that were happening that what she knew wasn't right in her life. She was living with a guy, booted him, and uh, and things started to happen. I went to see that old man over at the nursing home, and he said, Brother Doug, I want you to know that this, this gentleman next to me, they shared a common area. They had their own rooms, but they shared a common area, three or four of them. And he said, Brother, he said, this man looked at me the other day, and the first words he spoke in two months and said, if your girl's going to be right, if your daughter's going to be right, somebody needs to go get Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, I'll never forget that. And this old preacher there, 90 years old, started preaching and started saying, well, people just go get Jesus. Well, they introduce Jesus to people. Well, they bring Jesus in people's lives. And, and I'll never forget that. And I'll, I'll never forget. He said he had a daughter at 51 years old. That was the daughter who got right with God. He said, 
we had 10 children. We had a surprise. It didn't surprise God, but it sure surprised her mom and I. And he said, he said, but she accepted God. She's living in God's way. She's, mm-hmm. she's doing things. And folks, there's joy that comes in that. And there's authority and there's testimony and there's belief in eternal life. It's so important for belief in Christ. I can't overemphasize that. And I know we've talked about that every single day this week. That's okay. When you believe you're in, it's real important. It's, uh, it's so significant over and over again. The Bible, the Bible talks about that over and over and over again. He that believeth on the son in verse 36 have everlasting life. And he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life. Kevin compared this to verse 18. But the wrath of God abideth in him. Folks, what can I tell you on this Friday? Well, it's real important that you come back on Monday because we're going to be hopping into the uh, the lady at the well and all kinds of different things. We're going to be in sidecar. We're going to be everywhere with the life of Christ. You don't want to miss that. Listen, when you go out today, wear that smile that only God can give you and study God's word. And when times get hard, Go get Christ. We sure do love you, folks. We hope you have a great day. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, Recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.